Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Well, I mean, this is what you come here for to play in these games. You know, this is what playing is why you come to Florida to, be, to play in big, big games like this. So uh, we don't shy away from it. You know, I mean, the intensity needs to be there within our preparation all week. But I, I think they know, though, this is where you got to pick up the intensity. This is it, it, this is what you go for. And, and I don't know, downplay last week. You know, I talked about last week was all about us, all improving, all of that stuff. It's hard to get your keep yourself at peak intensity every single week for a long season. And, you know, this is one of those weeks you don't really need to uh, to do that. If, if we do, we're in a lot of trouble. I mean, right? I mean, to our guys today, I mean, if they need me to give a rah-rah to get us going, I mean, they're pretty messed up in the head right now. This is what you come here for to come play in these games. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen discussing the top 10 matchup in the Swamp this weekend between his Gators and the Auburn Tigers. It will be the first time these two teams have gone at it in more than a decade. Dan Mullen is expecting one of the biggest crowds ever in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium history and they want fans to wear blue. So make sure you have that on if you're going to be in the swamp on Saturday. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we're going to give you our five keys to the game in the first segment. In the second segment, I'll give my SEC power rankings and make some predictions for week six. And in the final segment, we'll hear from Florida offensive coordinator John Hevesy and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham about this matchup. But let's start this off with our five keys to the game. We've already talked about it a little bit this week. But number one for the Gators will be neutralizing Auburn's defensive line. They are one of the best in the country, number one in the SEC. And this is going to be the toughest test that Florida has faced all season. Now, the difference in last year when the Gators went to Starkville and faced a similar defensive line talent-wise in terms of the first-round picks that you could see, Florida went into that matchup with guys that had played and started before, and they had some cohesion in that starting lineup. Florida's group this year has been a work in progress. We've seen them use a combination of guys trying to get the best five on the field, and they've struggled to block against FCS teams like Towson and UT Martin. So you have to think that on Saturday, the Tigers are going to present a huge test for Florida. Now we know based on Dan Mullen's history, and specifically that game plan last year against the Bulldogs, that he can find a way to neutralize the pass rush. I think you'll see him utilize a lot of the play calls that he did in Starkville in terms of the screens and the slants and the swing passes, but it's not going to be the exact same blueprint because this is a different defensive scheme. I think that you're going to see him throw in some new wrinkles to try and neutralize the pass rush that maybe you haven't seen before from Dan Mullen. And another thing that's different with the personnel this year other than the offensive line is that quarterback and what he did with Franks against a team like Mississippi State might not be the same thing that he does with Emory Jones and Kyle Trask. And I think you'll see some new wrinkles in the offense with those two. And when they get into the game, Dan Mullen is going to try and throw some stuff at the Tigers and Kevin Steele that they have not seen on tape before. And that could lead to the second key to the game for the Gators, which is find success on the ground. Look, Florida fans should just know going into this that they're probably not going to have a lot of success running the ball against the Tigers. UF is averaging just 105 yards per game against Power 5 teams. That ranks last in the SEC. Auburn, on the flip side, is first with 251 yards. So the Tigers have been able to get it going on the ground, and Florida has struggled. I do think on Saturday you're going to see Dan Mullen and his offensive staff have a game plan that is built around the passing attack. But again, they just have to find 
some success on the ground. Be able to pick up first downs. Be able to keep Auburn's defense honest. They can't just drop back to throw every time, even if it's quick passes. And if you look back on last year's game at Mississippi State, the Gators didn't do that. They ran the ball regularly and tried to pound it with P. Ryan and Scarlett. And on some plays, there was success and they were able to move the chains. And I think on Saturday, that's all Florida has to do. They might not have more than 105 yards rushing in this game, but if they can get some yards when they need it and at critical times in the game, that can help them get the win. I think the third key to this game is going to be making Auburn quarterback Bo Nix have to throw to beat Florida. I just mentioned the success that the Tigers have had this season running the ball, and that is their bread and butter, especially against the better teams that they've played. They have relied on their run game and not Bo Nix's arm. And that season opener against Oregon, he just had 177 yards passing. He threw two interceptions in that game. And then their other big win in 2019, the road victory at AM, he only had 100 yards passing in that game. So even though he's done well since winning the starting job and has led the Tigers to a 5-0 start, it hasn't been because he's going out there and putting up a bunch of yards through the air. And if Florida can get Auburn into a situation where they're either down in the game or they can't run the ball or they're facing a lot of third and longs and you're putting Knicks in a situation where he has to beat that secondary, I think that's not a recipe for success for Auburn. The fourth key to this game, which is always critical in a big matchup, is winning the turnover battle. And that's something that the Gators have done a great job of this year. They lead the nation in interceptions and they've also gotten a lot of fumble recoveries and they've gotten to the quarterback with sacks. And those are all ingredients that they could use to get the win Saturday. Again, if they put Nix in a situation where he's got to pass a lot, they're going to have the opportunity to come down with some picks. And we'll see how much running Bo Nix tries to do in this game. But when he does take off, Florida's front seven needs to get after him. And they have defenders like Greenard and Moon and Ventro Miller that could really get a good hit on him and jar the ball loose. And then on the other side, Florida has to take care of the football. Kyle Trask has done a really good job of that for the most part. He did have three turnovers in the Tennessee game, but he bounced back last week and had a really clean performance against Towson. Obviously set the school record for passing completions, but he's not going to have that type of time on Saturday. Auburn is going to be coming after him. And when he gets hurried, when he gets pressured and he has to scramble around, he just needs to make sure he's smart with the football if he's trying to throw it on the run and make sure that those Auburn defensive linemen can't hit him in the pocket and potentially force a fumble because that happened to him against the Volunteers. And I think the fifth key to this game, and definitely the most exciting, is Florida being able to execute one of Dan Mullen's trick plays. We have seen it throughout his time at UF, both as head coach and offensive coordinator. When he gets in these big games and these top 10 matchups, he digs deep into his bag of tricks and shows us plays that we've never seen before. You can even think back to last season, the big win at Mississippi State. He hits the double pass with Kadarius Toney and Morrill Stevens. Then the big win in the Swamp against LSU. You have the throwback pass with Lucas Kroll to Felipe Franks, which set up a touchdown. And even this year in the season opener against Miami, you saw Mullen dial up a fake punt on Florida's opening drive to set up that Kadarius Tony touchdown. So these trick plays are something that he's done a lot on the big stage. And I think that on Saturday, Florida might need a play like that to beat the number seven Tigers. When we come back from this first break, I'll give you my score prediction for the Florida-Auburn game and also give my SEC power rankings ahead of week six. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Welcome back into the show and it's score prediction time for Florida-Auburn. Now you already heard 
earlier on the podcast this week in our crossover episode with the Locked On Auburn hosts that I think the Gators are going to win this game. They come into Saturday as the underdog. I think Auburn's favored by three and a half points. And there's no doubt that they can come into the swamp and get a victory on Saturday. They've already shown that they can go on a road in a hostile SEC environment and get the win having beat AM earlier this season. And they were also able to beat the Oregon Ducks in the season opener. So the Tigers come into this game battle-tested. But I don't think that they have seen a team like Florida yet. I mean, you look at AM, we don't really know how good they are. They almost lost last week to Arkansas. And Oregon has a lot of speed and talent but not to the level of Florida, and they certainly don't play defense like the Gators. And what Bo Nix is going to face Saturday from Florida's front seven and its secondary is going to be unlike anything he's ever seen before. And even though he led Auburn to wins in those big games, he didn't put up passing numbers, and I don't expect him to be able to against Florida. Moreover, I think that they're going to apply a lot of pressure be able to bring him down for a few sacks, and Auburn is not going to have the run game success that they've had against some other teams. Now, I don't think Florida is going to have run success in this game either, but I do think that Dan Mullen is going to come up with a great game plan for Kyle Trask and Emory Jones. I think that two-quarterback system is really going to be unleashed, and you're going to see some new plays from Florida's second-year coach. And at the end of the day, with the big crowd in the swamp, college game day there, and the throwback unis on, I think Florida comes out of it with a 24-20 to win over the Auburn Tigers. Now it's time to give my SEC power rankings ahead of week six. And Florida-Auburn is really the only marquee matchup. I still have Alabama number one in the power rankings after their 59-31 to win over Ole Miss last week. Tua once again put up video game-like numbers. And the Miami Dolphins continue to tank for him. At number two, I got Georgia. They had a bye last week. And then this Saturday, they travel to Knoxville to take on a struggling Tennessee team. LSU, I still have at number three in my power rankings. They had a bye last week. And then this Saturday, they're at home against Utah State. So that should be another big blowout win for Joe Burrow and company. And then the following week, they will host the Gators in Death Valley. At number four, Auburn still holds that spot after getting a big win against Mississippi State last week, 56-23. to They really put it on the Bulldogs. And now we're going to find out this weekend who really deserves that fourth spot because right behind the Tigers, I have Florida after getting the win last week against Towson. They have the opportunity to get a victory over the seventh-ranked Tigers, and that could potentially propel them into the top five if they can get the job done. I have Texas A&M at number six, and I thought that they were going to blow out the Razorbacks last week. And that did not happen. They got by by the skin of their teeth, and they're able to squeak out a 31-27 to win over the Razorbacks. The Aggies are going to be off this week, and I think that comes at a good time because that game took a lot out of them. At number seven still sits the Missouri Tigers. They also had a bye last week, and they'll be home on Saturday against Troy. We have a new team at number eight in my SEC Power Rankings. I moved the South Carolina Gamecocks up two spots after they get a win over Kentucky 24-7. That was a much-needed win for Will Muschamp and the Gamecocks, and now they get to enjoy a bye this weekend, as does Mississippi State. They come in at my number nine spot after suffering the 56-23 loss at Auburn. I certainly didn't expect the Bulldogs to win that game, but I did not think that they would get blown out like that. That wasn't a good look for Joe Moorhead's team, and they're struggling so far to start the season, as is the Kentucky Wildcats. They dropped two spots in my latest SEC Power Rankings, to number 11. Not a good showing against the Gamecocks last Saturday. They lose by 17 points. And for a team that had the Gators beaten at home, 
They have really been on a skid since losing that 11-point lead to Florida. At number 11, I have the Ole Miss Rebels after losing 59-31 to at Alabama. Obviously, no shame in losing to the Crimson Tide. And even with the loss to Matt Corral, the Rebels were still able to put up points against the Crimson Tide. So that's a positive that they can take away from that game. And they will host the Vanderbilt Commodores this week. I got them at my number 12 spot in the SEC Power Rankings. They finally get a win last weekend, but it wasn't an impressive one. Just a six-point victory over Northern Illinois, 24-18. to Now they have to hit the road and go to Oxford, and I think that that's going to be a loss for the Commodores. At number 13 still is the Tennessee Volunteers. They had a bye last week, and now they get their big chance to try and get a marquee win over the Georgia Bulldogs. SEC Nation's going to be there. Certainly the spotlight will be on Vols coach Jeremy Pruitt, but apparently he doesn't have to worry about his AD taking over for him. Philip Former came out this week and said, despite all the speculation, he has no interest in returning to the sidelines and voiced his support for Pruitt ahead of this matchup with Georgia. And in the final spot, we still have the Arkansas Razorbacks. Although I give them credit for the way that they competed against AM. I didn't even think that they'd have a chance in that game. And they really should have won it. Their freshman quarterback looked really good trying to drive them down the field late. And they just couldn't pull it off in the end. When we come back from this last break, you'll hear from Florida offensive coordinator John Hevesy and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham about this matchup with the Tigers. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. NFL fans, a new season is upon us. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where to put your money down on all of these games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. MyBookie has bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first official handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week and to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Welcome back into the show. Co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach John Hevesy certainly has a big task ahead of him on Saturday. His unit is going to face the best defensive line in the SEC, one of the best in the country, and Hevesy called it one of the best groups that he's seen in 15 years coaching in the SEC. Both he and Florida coach Dan Mullen have challenged the offensive line publicly this week and said that they pushed a lot of buttons in practice trying to get them ready for the Tigers. They know that they have to step their game up, and the biggest thing that Hevesy wants to see from his group is that they can match Auburn's physicality. Here's what he had to say about the challenge facing his group. Uh, it's probably one of the best ones. I mean, 15 years I've been this league, 15 years this league. That's one of the best ones that I've seen just as a group of four, even something at the back of the twos that go in there. There's not pretty much of a letdown. So to me, here's, there's about eight guys that go and play, and then you got to be ready for all of them. Are they more run stuffing than maybe on the pass rush elite? Uh, they just get up the field. I mean, they're going to get up the field. They're going to get great push. And you watch everything. They're very disruptive in, in the run game. They're disruptive in pass protection. In pass rushing, it's not like they're you know, dynamic swim moves and all the guys, but the, what they do in getting up the field and how they get off the ball, they're, they're very disruptive in, in pass rush by doing that, by just being physical up front. That's pretty high praise. It is. I, mean, I, me, I was going. I was thinking about trying to tell my kids. Just to me, there's there's probably about four years, four years ago. I think there was a group of Alabama like that. To go back from here before, there was a group of LSU that way. Um, to me, so there's been when you get a group of them. There's always. I mean, every everyone in this league has their guy or two guys or three guys. You see the collective group. Like I say, six, seven, eight of them. 
that just you kind of don't know. I don't pay attention to numbers, but all of a sudden you see one of them goes out. Okay, five's not in. Well, who's 91? Who's 94? Who's 44? Who's uh, crap? They keep coming. So to me, when you got a group that like, that big, and you listen to you know, I think they'd say that you know they all could have left early and they all stayed. So to me, to them, that's you see that's a, it's a it's an older group that's been around this league for four years playing. So you see that they have a lot of you know snaps in them and how to play this game. How do you counter that? Same thing. I mean, they're going to be physical. We got to be, we got to be just as physical coming back out. I mean, we got to come the ball. And we got to, they're going to try to knock us back. We got to try to knock them back. So just gonna be, we got to be great fundamentally. We got to be playing great, playing our legs and with a base and just be physical back home. To me, I think we did, we've done a great job practice this week of transferring from last week of three down running around with smaller guys to, okay, here, uh, you see that, that they're starting to understand. My guys are understanding, okay, here's what it takes. Yesterday's practice, today's practice. You see that, okay, getting the, our scout team to emulate as best they can. But you see my guys go, okay, this yesterday was good, today was good, I'm understanding what they have to do. So I wish I'd keep continuing for the weekend on Saturday. So it sounds like listening to you, this is an Auburn defensive line that's good enough that you almost have to game plan around them. That's the right. out of it, yeah. <laughs> 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 but again, you're, you're, we're back in the SEC. Sure. You know, man, that's, that's the one thing you should see. They're different bodies than we've seen really. You know, Tennessee was bigger, but you should see these guys have a mentality to them that play, and they play hard. And they're, again, they're an older group that's been around a long time, playing a lot of games and a lot of big games in this league. So to me, uh, you always see that with maturity, experience. They know how to play, and they know exactly what they do, exactly what they're asked to do. Florida defensive coordinator Ty Grantham also met with the media this week and discussed his game plan for Auburn quarterback Bo Nix. Grantham has been impressed with what he's seen from him so far this season, but he also has confidence in his defensive players that they will be able to rattle the freshman signal caller. Yeah, I mean, when you look at him, first of all, he's a guy that's really progressed, say, from game one to now. Um, probably got a little more poise, you know, than, than he had earlier. Um, really good athlete that can make guys miss. Very competitive guy on tape that, you know, works hard at knowing where to go with the ball, both from a from a pass standpoint, but also on the quarterback run design runs, whether I give it, keep it, do I throw it to a guy on an access route and things like that. Um, so he's progressing really nicely for them. Uh, they've got some really good skill guys around him that helps. So the combination of that and him make them, you know, really good. Yeah. How does that change their offense? Well, anytime your quarterback can run the ball, it becomes truly 11 on 11. And um, you just got to make sure that you, you have the edges of the defense set. Um, you got proper containment as far as leverage on the quarterback. And then you got to build a wall inside to be stout because they do a good job on their downhill runs of trying to move and create space. And then guys start squeezing or, or maybe overcommitting too much on that. And then he pops it loose and gets on the edge. So, you know, it's a total team effort. And, um, you know, you just got to be able to make sure you play your gap, your responsibility. What impresses you about Gus Malzahn offense? Um, I think that Gus does a really good job of getting the ball to his playmakers. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, um, you know, he's going to find ways to get the ball in those guys' hands, uh, both as runners uh, running the ball, but receivers, whether it be rocket sweeps, you know, balls down the field, screens, things like that. Um, so he does a really good job of finding ways to get playmakers the ball and they make plays. Um, and they're really a physical team when you look at their run game. Uh, they're a downhill running team that will continue to pound you, but they have ways to get the ball on the edge of the defense. So you've got to make sure that you play a complete game, you know, from a from an assignment standpoint as far as setting the edge, you know, of your defense, building the wall and communicate and executing. And not to get too technical, but what mm -hmm. does he exactly do in the run game? Yeah, I think that um, they do a good job of 
working to formation you to create softness and with softness becomes seams. And when you have seams, you know, guys that run downhill hard can hit it and make things happen. And then sometimes you lose the edge of the defense so guys can bounce it out, cut it back. And that allows for the, you know, the double digit runs and things like that because now you've got seams near the defense. So he really stresses you at all levels from the standpoint of making sure that the edges of the defense are set, you're stout inside building a wall, and then as you get mo motion and movements that you can rotate and, and maintain your edges. How many wrinkles can you give a first-year quarterback five games in, six games in? Yeah, I think that, I don't know about wrinkles from the standpoint of, you know, it, it really gets down to execution of what we can do. Um, I think he's probably got more confidence now than he did say game one. Probably a little more poise, a little more understanding with the with the offense because it's real, relatively the same plays. It's it's just coming at you a little differently, you know, from a look standpoint. So that gives him continuity. Um, so we know that we're going to be challenged, and we just got to find ways to, um, you know, affect his performance. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, I gave you my five keys to the game in the first segment. In the second segment, I gave my score prediction for the game as well as my SEC power rankings ahead of week six. And in the final segment, we brought you some thoughts from Todd Grantham and John Hevesy. On Monday's show, we will recap our five keys to the game, grade the Gators, and look at how this matchup played out between Florida and Auburn. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.